0: Hello and welcome to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Uh, Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake Michigan and is led by Pastor Daniel White. Uh, Today we're going to be joining Pastor White as he continues his series on the family. So let's get out our Bibles and get ready to join Pastor White as he teaches us about God's plan for home and the family.
1: Okay, let's take our Bible turn to Colossians chapter 3. Lord give us homes built firm upon the Savior. That's what this series is all about. Colossians chapter 3. In Ephesians Paul writes that husbands are to love their wives as they love themselves and as Christ loves his church. Here in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 19 he says, Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Tonight we're going to talk about the needs of a wife and they are many. Heavenly Father, I pray you'd bless the uh, teaching of your word. You have told us so much in Scripture about the husband and wife relationship, how important it is to you and to the family. And so, Father, we pray that Fellowship Baptists would have homes built on the Savior, built on the truths, the principles, and the doctrines of your precious Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen tonight, and let's get right into it. The first thing I want to talk about is how every Christian wife needs the stability. Women need stability. If you'll notice, sometimes when you're sitting in church, you'll see the wife leaning over on her husband, all right, for that support, for that stability. And so God has created the wife as the? Weaker vessel. And so as the weaker vessel, she needs that kind of support. This is how God designed the family to function. So she looks to the husband for that support, for that direction, for that spiritual leadership. And this is probably the area that's the most difficult for the man to assume in his relationship with his wife and family is to really take the headship. The Bible says that the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. So what a tremendous responsibility that God has levied upon the shoulders of every one of us as Christian husbands, every woman, Has needs, which can only be met by strong spiritual leadership. Not just someone who has a profession of faith. Not just someone who occasionally attends church or may crack open the Bible once in a while or pray at the dinner table. It's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a wife having a strong spiritual leader now. What does it mean to be a strong spiritual leader? We'll get into that in just a moment here. But I want you to understand, spiritual leadership is not only an indication of where a man is spiritually, but it's the direction in which he's going. And so I don't know where you're at in your walk with the Lord right now, men, but it's not so much where you're at, it's where you're going. We want to be moving forward. Give me an amen. Amen. We don't want to be backsliding. We don't want to be in a state of carnality. We can't be a spiritual leader with that going on in our lives. So it's where we are right now and then taking those steps forward spiritually that our wife can really sense that stability and that direction. She knows that you have a walk with the Lord and that gives her confidence then in your leadership. Now there are two major marks of spiritual leadership in my opinion. Okay, and there's more, but there's two that I want to focus in on tonight. And number one is a desire to seek the Lord. Every Christian husband should have a desire to seek the Lord and the wife should sense that he has that desire. Not that she's nagging him all the time to have the desire. Not that she's riding him and encouraging him and kind of prodding him in that direction. But he takes the lead. And she can see, I have a husband who wants to seek the Lord, who loves to seek the Lord, who has a deep desire in his personal life to seek God. Now the Bible says if we seek him, what? We're going to find him if we search for him with all of our hearts. So what a blessing. What, what a, a step of stability to a wife to know that my husband is a man who seeks the Lord. So, what does that mean? It means that she sees you having regular times in God's Word. You're having your own personal devotional time. She sees that there are scriptures that you are memorizing. She sees them there on your phone as you're memorizing, or on the old 3x5 cards that we used to use before the cell phone came out. But she sees that you are attempting to memorize and hide God's Word. In your heart. Next she sees that you like to study the scriptures. You'll get into a passage and you'll kind of dig into that passage. You know, I'm going to tell you something. It's one thing when the preacher brings something to you and you say, boy, that was good. It's another thing when you dig it out yourself. And you say, wow, that was awesome. God God just showed me a truth here out of that passage of scripture. God gave me a revelation here. She sees you wanting to study the scriptures. She sees that you have a prayer life. Not just at the dinner table, but she sees you have a prayer life. That you pray about things. She sees that you are faithful to church. It's your desire when the church doors are open, you're there. You're taking the leadership. You're the one setting the example For the family. Do you men see how this gives your wife that stability and direction that she so desperately needs? Next, she sees that you desire to have fellowship with sincere Christians. People who are growing in the Lord have the same heart that you do. Also, that you're not ashamed to talk about spiritual matters. You know, what's in a person's heart comes out in what? What does the Bible say? Comes out in their mouth. And so when you have a husband who, when he's with others, you see him wanting and desiring to talk about the Lord and the things of the Lord. What confidence, what direction, what stability that that gives to a wife. Men, I cannot emphasize this first one more strongly. You want to have a good marriage, you want your wife to have confidence in your leadership and have the stability and security that she so desperately needs Be a man who seeks the Lord. Number two is be a man that has personal convictions. I will be very honest with you. I have very little respect for men who do not have convictions. And I have to believe that that's true of a wife when she looks at her husband and sees, you know, my husband really doesn't have any convictions. Or that the children look at their father and see a father who really doesn't have any convictions. When a wife and children, however, do see their husband, when they do see their father. Establishing God's standards as conviction in their own personal life. What a powerful example it is for them to follow. Sunday we talked about guiding lights. I believe that having personal convictions are part of those guiding lights. That they give you... They resolve so many issues in life because you have this, I'm not going there, I'm not doing that. Or I will go there, I will do that. It just guides you in your life. And think of the stability and the direction and the security that a woman feels when she knows my husband has some real biblical convictions based upon the principles of Scripture. It's much easier for a wife to follow a husband and for children to follow a father who is following Christ. Amen? Amen. It's quiet in here tonight. Establish the same standards and convictions in their own lives. They pick it up, right? Convictions are better caught then they are what? Then they are taught. Okay? So have your children pick those up. Give you some principles here. Determine to follow your convictions. Are your convictions going to be tested? Yes, they will. But stick to them. Stick to them. We just went through the month of October. It's a humbling month for me because they put my ugly mug out there and say pastor appreciation month I don't even know who made that up but almost every card of encouragement that came in said something to me about the appreciation that the church has for my convictions not one of them said we appreciate your good preaching Maybe I'll get one of those next year. But appreciated my convictions. I'm going to tell you, people appreciate convictions. I appreciate convictions in a person's life. It just, (coughs) listen, to know that there's things that your pastor stands for and he's not going to fudge on, what does that do? What does it do for you? Gives you confidence, gives you security, right? It's the same thing in a family. However, do not become legalistic over your convictions. This is something that independent Baptists are accused of all the time. <clears throat> is yes, we may have convictions. There may be certain things that we absolutely will not do. Places we will not go. <clears throat> things we will not become involved in. But a lot of times we're accused of being legalistic. Okay? And this isn't a a lesson on legalism. I've talked about and dealt with legalism before. But legalism is believing that if I live by this set of standards and convictions that I'm more spiritual than someone else who doesn't. Or that by living by this list of do's and don'ts, I can merit salvation. I don't believe either one of those. Right? I don't believe either one of those. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have convictions. But we shouldn't be pharisaical over the convictions that we have. What were the Pharisees? They were very prideful. I thank God that I'm not as other men are. That's not how God wants us to be. We may not live as others do, but we ought not to be prideful and arrogant over it. We ought not to have a critical spirit and a judgmental spirit and a condemning spirit. That's that's not the spirit of the Lord. I want you all to also understand this, that even within a church setting, we need to have some standards and convictions in our church. Like telephones ringing during the service. (laughs) But just because, for example, just because I have a standard that if you're going to stand behind the pulpit and you're going to minister behind the pulpit, you need to be dressed appropriately, that men need to have a tie on and, that women need to have modest dress on. That doesn't mean that by putting a tie on or wearing a modest dress that, you're, that somehow a level of spirituality has come to you. <clears throat> Even if you work at McDonald's, you have standards. Right? So what's the beef in the church? You got to have some standards. But don't be prideful, critical, judgmental, or condemning over your standards and over your convictions. Hold them, but hold them in love. Hold them, but hold them in love. I think this is also really important. Let's all get on the same page. Follow your pastors. Follow your church's convictions. The Bible says, whose faith follow? That's, if I'm your shepherd, then, then follow your shepherd. Start developing some of those same convictions in your life that you hear preached from the pulpit and you see being lived out in the life of your pastor. So determine to follow your convictions. Don't ever become legalistic. Hold them, hold them fast, but hold them in love and then support the conviction. Don't, don't be bellyaching about them. Yeah. <laughs> what I mentioned just the other day, oh, we had the nursery meeting at my house with all these wonderful nursery workers. I love the nursery workers. And um, they were talking about, Pastor, you're going to have to go back over the standards again concerning dress because they're creeping up again. Can I tell you ladies something? The dress standards have not changed for leadership here at the church. They've been the same for 36 years. Okay? Haven't changed. But every six months... Every year, you gotta mention it again. Ladies get the dresses down where they belong. All right? Listen, wouldn't it just wouldn't it be great if I only had to say it once? Wouldn't that be great? Yes, Pastor, that'd be awesome. Follow. Just get behind and follow. And then glorify God through it. We're not glorifying ourselves. We're not patting ourselves on the back and saying we're better and so and so because we have conviction. No, we want to glorify the Lord through our convictions. So a woman who has a man who seeks the Lord and has strong biblical convictions gives her that security, gives her that stability that she needs in her life. Next one. As a wife needs to know that she is meeting needs in your life that no other woman can meet. Now, she doesn't know that unless you tell her that. But let her know how precious she is to you and how she's meeting needs that no one else could ever meet. She is your help Right? Genesis 2.18. So let her know how important she is to you. All right, guys, I'm frozen here. There we go. A wife's greatest need is to be what, church? Cherish. I can't hear you, what? Cherish. Cherish. Now, we're going to find out next week, a husband's greatest need is to be respected or reverenced is the word in the King James. <clears throat> we'll talk about that. But cherished. Cherished simply means that she feels that she is the most special thing to you. Telling her is not enough. She also needs to see it. She needs to see that you cherish her. She needs to hear it and she needs to see it. She needs to feel like she is number one, that she is special to you above all other women. Tell her how she, how she can, you know, men and women are different. Did you know that? How many of you knew that? In this mixed-up world, we don't know that anymore. But men and women are so different. We, are, we not only look different, we're designed different, we are wired different. Men's wiring is straight. Women's wiring is all crossed up. Short-circuited. Or so we think as Men. And then you think the same as us women. <laughs> Something's wrong with our wiring. But you know what? Unless you tell us what your needs are, we don't recognize. Not all the time. You will after this class. But let your husband know, or our husbands have enough courage to ask your wives what are your needs? And how can I meet those needs? Express gratefulness to her when she does meet those needs. Isn't it wonderful when people express gratefulness to Gratefulness is such a motivating force in someone's life. I have to learn to be more grateful. And you can see when you show your children gratefulness, they just brighten up, don't they? Just brighten up. Praise her before the children and praise her before others. If you express gratefulness and praise to someone individually. Hey, Greg. How you doing? Okay, good. That's good. You know, one-on-one is good. But when you do it in a room of 10 people, what have you just done? You just multiplied that praise by 10. When you do it in front of your children. Give security to your children. Boy, dad really loves mom. Mom really loves dad. I hear that cell phone. Mmm. Mmm. Never give. Sounds like a bumblebee up here or something. Is that you, Courser? Um, never give another woman your wife's special responsibilities there are some things that only my wife should do for me, got it and no other woman should do those for me and we'll not get into specifics but no other woman should take those special responsibilities that are your wives guys Never praise and admire other women. That's just stupid. Okay? Don't compare your wife with other women, especially your mother. Don't ever say to your wife, if you only made chili like my mother made chili. If you say that, she will be chilly. I'll tell you that right now. So don't make those compared. No one likes to be compared with someone else. Just don't do that. Because what that creates is jealousy. And what is jealousy? It's the fear of, say it with me. It's right up here. Okay, ready? It's the fear of being displaced. That's jealousy. No wife wants to sense that she's being displaced by another woman. Security in relationship comes by knowing that you are needed and that you are appreciated. You can't let her know that enough and show that enough. You want the heart of your wife? You do this, and I'm telling you, you're going to have it. Here's a young couple... Bible says, dwell with your wives according to what? This poor guy's having a hard time figuring out what he did wrong. Okay? Well, what did he do wrong? We're going to tell you in just a minute. But men, you have to be so careful about your relationship with other women. Okay? Proverbs 2, Proverbs 5 through 7. Solomon knew what he was talking about in these chapters because he got into a lot of trouble with other women. Yes or no? should read those chapters. Number one, guys, be a one-woman man. Your heart, your eyes, your desire, your passion, your longing is for your wife, period. Amen? Amen. That's it. Doesn't go anywhere else. That's why this pornography age in which we live is so devastating to a family. It's awful, 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 awful. And all this is being being just thrown into our face. But be a one woman man. Next, keep a distance between you and other women. Do you know God has put like a privacy zone around us? Right? You know when people get too close to that privacy? Greg, see? How'd you know my hand was there? Your eyes weren't even open. Could you sense I was getting a little too close? Yeah. You can sense that, can't you? God has put that privacy wall around us. But what we've really done in this culture, we've broken that thing down. But we need to get that back up. And get that privacy wall around us. Okay, So keep a distance between you and other women just like you would want your wife to keep a distance between her and another man. If a woman comes to you for counsel don't ever <coughs> counsel a woman without your wife being present. Just don't do that. It's, it's just totally unwise. How many have ever heard of pastors who have been counseling a woman and pretty soon he's out of the ministry? You ever heard of that? happens over and over again. You just don't do it. It's it's foolish. Direct women to their husbands. The Bible said if a woman has a question, let her ask her husband what? At home. Go to your husband. Direct her to her husband. Direct her to another older godly woman. Direct her to your wife. Never counsel a woman alone. Good idea, guys. So, if a woman comes to you, move her on to somebody else. <laughs> Obviously, this guy isn't getting it either. No, he is getting it, but he's getting it because he didn't get it. That's what. That's Avoid riding with women alone. I remember when my dad would go pick up a babysitter for, for me. He would always take me with him to pick up the babysitter. My dad never, ever, ever, ever rode in a car with a woman alone. He just had that. He just never would do it. And I'll tell you this. I didn't understand why when I was a little kid that he, he was always dragging me. But I understand now. Next, avoid touching women. Does the Bible not say that? To avoid fornication is good for a man not to what? Keep your hands off the ladies. Avoid embracing women. Kissing women. Extending long, held out handshakes. It's one thing just to shake their hand, but to... Avoid long, detailed conversation with women. It's inappropriate. Now I know all of these standards have been broken down in our immoral culture. But um, Sunday, I'm going to. Um, if the Lord continues to direct, I. I wrote a message yesterday about friendships. Is friendships really that important? That's the title of the message. And um, as I was working on this message, I was listening to the Christian radio station and the program came on. It was kind of right along in the theme that I was uh, studying at that time. And the commentator Said on there, he said, Barner Research just came out with research concerning our teenagers that 84% of our Christian teenagers are more concerned about being accepted by their peers than being morally pure. That was like, seriously? Our Christian young people, 84% of our Christian young people, are more concerned about pure acceptance than they are about being morally pure themselves? I'm going to tell you, we need some moral standards back in our lives. Do we agree with that? And this is one of them. Don't get caught up in a detailed conversation with another woman. Many women are drawn to men who are open and can share their feelings. You know, my husband... Doesn't open up. My husband doesn't share with me. I've really tried to work on this over the years. You know, if Shelley could address you tonight, she would tell you, when we first got married, our conversation was 95 percent Shelley, five percent Dan. Now it's six percent Dan. <laughs> But you would think that being a pastor, I would have no problem in this area of conversation. But I do. And I think most men do. You know, if we ever have our split sessions, you ladies are over there just sharing, sharing, sharing everything. I said, honey, how was your session? And she said, well, we really didn't get to anything other than just sharing. And so I'll ask the men, men, is there anything you want to say? Anybody want to say anything? Bill, can you say something? He goes, hmm. We're different, aren't we? But we have to learn. I, seriously, I've had to learn how to communicate with my wife. I've had to learn how to talk with my wife. My wife came in. I was doing this message today. She came in to the office and uh, she has some things she wanted to share. And you know, I just set her on my knee, and just sat there, and I just held her, and just let her talk, and I had conversation with her. It's important. Every woman wants a husband that will just open his heart and share his innermost feelings. The women can shake your head; it's okay, because you do. I know you do. We've been in counseling sessions a long time now. My husband would just share. Just open up. Don't ever do this with another woman. Avoid sharing private matters with other women. Avoid bearing your soul to another woman. Avoid intimate conversation with another woman do you see if we put these parameters, do you see how they're like walls of protection? If we don't do this, Satan's going to get in. He's going to give an opportunity for a heart to be drawn away. It's so vitally important. Avoid talking about things that are inappropriate. You know when you're talking about something inappropriate, you know when a conversation is going in an inappropriate direction. <clears throat> Years ago, I heard some teaching about having a secretary. I've never had a secretary. I don't need a secretary. I don't want a secretary. I got Siri. (laughs) You know how many times I say, Hey, Siri, how do you spell? (laughs) But if you are in a position where you need to have a secretary, let me give you some... Uh, words of advice here. Let your wife meet, interview, and approve of your secretary. Wouldn't that be a good idea? Let her choose, not you. Give your wife direct access to you without having to go through the secretary. You just see a wife going, I can't believe I've got to talk to his secretary to talk to him. Never ask your secretary to meet personal needs. We've already kind of talked about this with other women. Let your wife meet those personal needs that you have. Make sure you praise your wife in front of your secretary. She knows you have a good, strong, solid relationship with your wife. Never discuss personal problems with your secretary. And then the most, this is the most important one right here. Okay. I know that's in the Bible somewhere. <clears throat> so if you need a secretary, I have a couple uh, ladies here who uh, would like to volunteer. <clears throat> and if this doesn't suit you, I got another one here that would love to have the position. <laughs> and I don't think your wife would feel threatened by either. <laughs> Either one of of those. Next. A wife needs to see and hear that her husband cherishes her and delights in her as a person. So I want to come back to this whole cherish issue. What does it mean? Most husbands don't know what it means to cherish their wives or they have a whole different idea of it than the wife does. But cherish just simply means, and this is... This is from my wife. This is what my wife said that she is more important to me than any other person in my life. More important than my job, my family, my friends, my hobbies, and my personal interests. Guys, that's what a wife defines cherishing as you know what? She's right, on the, she's right on. How do you say that? She's right. Oh, she's spot on. Where did we get that from? Siri. Where? Siri. 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 Ask your wife. Give her a little homework here tonight. Ask your wife to write down, ask her to write down ten ways that uh, you can cherish her. You might be surprised. I mean, I never, never thought about that. Remember the five love languages? We're going to get into these later on, are words of affirmation, quality time, that's my wife's love language, receiving of gifts, acts of service, physical touch. These are all ways that we demonstrate our love and the way we cherish someone. Protect her and guard her in areas of her weakness, of her limitations. I've really had to do this in the past few years with my wife's health. Prior to that, my wife, a lot of you here didn't know my wife 12 years ago, but a whole different person 12 years ago than she is today. And so we've really had to guard, we've had to pull back, we've had to give protection. Sometimes she doesn't always appreciate it. Sometimes she doesn't always agree with it. Until after she pushes herself and then she crashes and then I always say, I told you so. <laughs> oh, by the way, that's not a good thing to say. <laughs> well we need to protect our wives. Again, they are the weaker vessel. <clears throat> a wife <clears throat> needs a husband who will, try to understand, who will try to understand her. Again, communication is the key. Set aside time for intimate communication, conversation with each other. does take time. Have those date nights. <clears throat> Let her talk and express her fears, her frustrations, her insecurities, her concerns. Honey, share your heart with me. What's going on in your life? How can I cherish you? How can I meet your need here? I want to understand. Tell her about the events. Uh, Let her tell you about the events of the day. What went on in her life. Discuss spiritual issues together. Share your present spiritual condition with her. Honey, can you pray for me in this? God's working this in my life, or I'm struggling in this area of my life and ask her how you can meet her needs try to understand your wife wife needs to know that she is respected by her husband so listen to her counsel give her your undivided attention don't be texting while you're talking to her practice good manners right listen we did all these things when we were courting her Lift heavy items for her. Open doors for her. Help her on with her coat. Develop personal cleanliness and neatness and grooming. My w- Actually my wife said this to me, I forget when it was. It wasn't that long ago. She said to me, she goes, you know what? You never smell. Why does she appreciate that? Because she doesn't want to smell my B.O. Right? So it's important. We're going to talk about this next week with you ladies. It's important for you too. Don't be a stinky husband. Don't be a stinky wife. All right, guys. Refrain from criticism. Have you ever noticed women don't receive it very well? And then don't embarrass her, especially in public. I appreciate being embarrassed. A wife needs to see that her husband desires to invest in her life and make her world fulfilling. One of the things you can do is learn what your wife's spiritual gift is. We've done studies here on spiritual gifts. There's seven motivational gifts spoken about in Scripture. Prophecy, serving, teaching, exhorting, giving, organization, mercy. Encourage her to get involved in the ministry in one of these areas where she is gifted in. Help her see the great value of being a keeper at home. The Bible tells younger women to be keepers at home. Honey, you're so important. If I would have had time tonight, I would have put up some information about how much it really costs to send a woman out to work. Extra clothes, extra cars, extra f- food that you have to purchase because you haven't, you know, haven't been able to plan meals. and just, I mean, there, there's a whole list of things that by the time you figure out how much it really costs to send your wife out to work, you say, you know what, maybe just keep her home. Help her see the future value of what she is presently doing and raising these children. Help her fulfill her personal goals and desires. Remember the virtuous woman? She had a lot of goals and desires and was involved in a lot of things and encourage her there. Give her freedom to develop her personal interest. Um, <clears throat> Bethany yesterday. They're staying at her house, they're going, they're moving back to their house Monday. But yesterday she was able to get out and by herself and do some shopping and groceries and things like that. And when she came back home, I said, How did it feel to get out of jail? She goes, It felt great. Right? How many of you ladies sometimes you feel, especially when you're raising all those little kids that you're locked in jail? Look at all those ladies nodding their head. Okay. Guys, give them some freedom to get out. Okay? How would you like to be locked up with... (laughs) Ah. And lastly, and we'll finish with this. A wife needs a husband that will love her what? Unconditionally. Just love her unconditionally. Don't ever go to bed angry. Years ago I saw an interview of an elderly couple... Um, <clears throat> they're about your age. No, your age, your age. And uh, they <laughs> they, uh, they ask him, what what is the they've been married like for 60 years. And the interviewer asked, asked of course it was the wife that spoke up, not <laughs> the guy. Asked, what was this, what's asked, this, what was the secret to the success of your marriage? And she looked at him and she said this. We never have ever gone to bed angry with each other. That's what they attributed the success of their marriage to. Never allow yourself to become bitter. That was the verse we started out with. Love your wives and be not bitter against them. Always forgive. Love your wife as you love yourself. Love your wife as Christ loves the church, that unconditional love. If you lose the oneness of spirit in your marriage, get it back as quickly as you can. Where did I lose it? Why did I lose it? What do I have to do to get it back? Listen, these are the needs that every wife has. and we will just purpose, men with God's help to meet the needs of our wives, I believe God will give us a great marriage. Let's pray.
0: You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church sermon podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you.